You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Today is Wednesday, March the 3rd. I am the St. Louis Cardinals mega fan and your host for the show, Lucas Smith. Thanks for tuning in. Um, and this is this is exciting because we've got three week there are three three days of the week and three shows as we uh, start the five show or five shows in a week process now. So, so very exciting stuff here. Numbers have continued to stay up. Um, the first three episodes have been a little bit longer. This one will be a little bit longer than normal, uh, just because of the, the the crossover stuff we had the last two days. And uh, it's division day across Locked On MLB Podcast Network where every team is having a, a crossover with uh, a team of their division. We'll be doing this every Wednesday for the next five weeks. So very, very exciting. So th- today we've got Sean Sears of Locked On Cubs joining us. Um, so I'm not going to spend too much time, um, you know, not going to spend too much time distracting you from, from that discussion because Sean and I do have a really good discussion on um, expectations for each at one of our clubs as well as a position by position breakdown. So it's a little bit longer, but I hope you guys enjoy the conversation. I, I, I do want to say yesterday, spring training, pitching, I've been tooting the pitching's horn pretty much since October and pitching has very much impressed in the first two days. Mm-hmm. Um, Especially, you know, Wainwright pitched really well. Libertor struggled or you know, a little bit. His stuff was good. He was able to work through a bit of a jam there. Um, everybody looked really good. Pitched a shutout. Yes, it's the Marlins. I get that, but it's a shutout. Uh, Arnado got his first hit yesterday. It was that was fun to see. So good stuff coming the Cardinals' way right now. And uh, we'll, we'll see what KK Kim is able to do in his first start today. And I believe Martinez is starting tomorrow. So. Um, in terms of the rest of the week, Thursday and Friday, um, tomorrow will be my my thoughts on the on the entire spring. T- to that point, um, it'll it'll be posted b- before the Martinez game, um, and then we will have a, another show out on Friday. So good and exciting stuff uh, coming your way. So I won't spend too much any more time talking about any uh, any spring training until tomorrow. But before I do release the conversation between Sean Sears and myself, I want to tell you about another show that you can watch. On the Locked On, or listen to you rather, on the Locked On Podcast Network, and that is Locked On Today. I was on it about a week ago, um, but the Locked On Today podcast has you covered with all the sports news you need to know, not about the Cardinals. Um, Peter Bukowski is the host, and it's all the sports you need every morning in under 20 minutes. You can subscribe to wherever you get your podcasts. But um, without further ado, here is Sean Sears and I's conversation. And again, uh, it's a little bit long, but I hope you guys enjoyed the conversation between Sean Sears and myself. All right, Lockdown fans, we have a Wednesday crossover episode between the Cubs and Cardinals. I am Sean Sears. I am the host of the Lockdown Cubs, and I'm joined with today uh, Lucas Smith of the Lockdown Cardinals show. Lucas, thanks for being on the show, man. Not a problem. I think it's it's a really fun idea to have these crossovers. We're doing these throughout spring training. And, of course, we got to start with the best rivalry in sports, Cubs and Cardinals. We got to start with that crossover. Obviously, yeah. If you have not, make sure you're following Lucas on Twitter at LJ Fastball. You follow me on Twitter at SR, or sorry, geez, Sean R. Sears, if I can remember my own Twitter handle. Um, and then you're, it's LO underscore Cardinals. Yep. Cardinals, yep. right? Yep. Okay. LO underscore Cardinals on Twitter and Instagram. Yep. Perfect. There you go. So for that. And then we're locked on Cubs on Twitter. So, but uh, yeah, uh, obviously Cardinals Cubs got a lot more exciting this year. Nolan Arenado in tow. Uh, mm-hmm. He looked pretty, honestly, 
Nolan Arnado looks pretty good in some Cardinals red. I'm not going to lie. I liked, yeah. uh, I liked seeing some of his Nike cleats that he had with like the, I love that he, he worked in the Navy. Navy's so underrated for the uh, Cardinals jerseys. But yeah. um, Arenado, first look in a Cardinals uniform. How did that make you feel, man? It was good. I talked about it on my show yesterday or Monday. I forgot mm. which way it was. And uh, how many days? <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, just the, the he got a standing ovation in the first at bat in spring in Jupiter, Florida, <laughs> and uh, reduced crowd. And it's just like one of those things. It's just like he's gonna be beloved in St. Louis. And he didn't perform oh, great, yeah. but it's February. It was February twenty eighth. I'm not too concerned about the performance <laughs> at that point. But yeah, it it, it it was good just to see. Like it, it's not Photoshop. It's not like projecting what he's going to look like in Cardinal Red. <laughs> yeah, right. Legit Cardinal Red. And it was super exciting. And to be honest, even though the Cardinals have made the playoffs the last two years, I've, this is the most excited I've been about a Cardinal team in, in a long time. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. I mean, yeah. the, the Cardinals got a bona fide superstar at third base now, uh, a guy that I think uh, Cubs fans, I, I know not necessarily like dislike Nolan Arenado, but when like there was like 2016, 2017, during those peak like Cub Chris Bryant years, there was always a lot of talk in Chicago about how, oh, Nolan Arenado wouldn't hit as well if he wasn't in Colorado or whatnot. It's like, well, yeah, obviously everyone's going to hit worse from Colorado, right. but like you know, Nolan Arenado is still pretty good at baseball. Like I don't think he's, Absolutely. you know, Joe Schmo when he leaves. So it'll be exciting for I think uh, the rest of baseball to see how good Nolan Arenado is. And I think also maybe Cubs fans might show up a little bit when he uh, starts doing some pretty impressive stuff. So the Nolan yeah. Arenado slander might, might end, but yeah. Well, uh, one looking thing real quick the, that, that Ryan Laddick yeah. talked about whenever we did our crossovers is that the one thing that he's looking forward to is that Arenado won't have to adjust from cores and not cores. So we've seen guys like DJ LeMayhew excel outside of cores. And again, you could say, well, that's the Yankee ballpark. Nevertheless, the, the altitude change is not there. So the adjustment doesn't have to be made. It's easier on the body. So Ryan is not as concerned as, but the core's effect. I still am because you never know, but um, just right. uh, something to think about that. They're not adjusting from sea level to not um, so often. So right. just food for thought. And it's, it's like real. It's very much real. Like yeah. I want to, I remember I went and visited Colorado at one point I was looking at colleges out there and uh, I went for a run one morning and I was gassed like after a right. block and I was like, Whoa, this is a real it's thing. Real. So yeah. yeah. But um, I guess kind of diving into this series here right now, the Cardinals, Cubs, uh, two of the probably better teams, the NL Central, I, I would agree with you. I know we talked about this on our crossover show, but I think the Cardinals, uh, I think, did enough to edge the majority of these teams, especially when you look at the rest of the teams, kind of all maybe didn't take a step back if you're like the Brewers or the Reds to some extent. Cubs definitely did, but no one really added besides you guys. But coming into the season, um, I guess, where are you? I know you said you're super excited for this, but I guess what's something you're concerned about with this group right now, I guess? The, the concern for me definitely lies in the outfield, um, and it, it relies in these unproven talents, um, or at least unproven in the last couple of years. Because when Harrison Bader came up, he had a pretty decent 2018, and then mm -hmm. 19 and 20 were pretty, pretty bad. I mean, people like to say that batting average doesn't matter, and it's like – it doesn't matter as much as it used to, but batting average still matters, right? But that's a different soapbox to get on. But uh, the outfield is definitely <laughs> the, the issue for me because you've got guys that, that can produce an O'Neill and Bader, like I talked about in the crossover show, but it's a big mm -hmm. question of what if. Because if Bader's able to, to hit sliders and to hit right-handed pitching like, he's, like he hits left-handed pitching, he's got, he's got the capability of being a top 10 center fielder in baseball. And I don't have too much discomfort in saying that Tyler O'Neill is already a gold glove in left field. If he could just cut down on the strikeouts. And I feel like that's a major league baseball issue right now, but the infield and pitching is pretty solid for me, but the, the outfield is where the concern lies. Um, 
lies for me. And the Cubs, you know, they seem to add to their outfield, even though the Cardinals were the ones that were looking to add to the outfield. The Cubs got Peterson. So um, the, the outfield is the main concern for me right now. More coming up from Sean and I in just a moment, but I do want to tell you about the wonderful Built Bar. It's new and improved, and it's even more delicious than before. I just ordered a box the other day, and I cannot wait to get it. And you guys all know what I ordered. I ordered some cookies and cream, because that's one of their six new flavors that is incredible. They've also got uh, 17 other amazing flavors with nut and non-nut options. Uh, Their original flavors include coconut, almond, raspberry, German chocolate, peanut butter, banana bread, mint brownie, and so much more. Each one of these bars are soft and easy to chew, and they're covered 100%, that's right, 100% in chocolate. But just because they're covered in that delicious chocolate does not mean they're great for the health-conscious person. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in this delicious treat because they're low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and of course, they've got that great Built Bar taste. So head over to BuiltBar.com right now and with the promo code Locked on 20 to get 20% off your next order. Use promo code Locked on 20 for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Uh, yeah, I, I, I could see that. I, I know um, I like looking at the, the, the Cardinals roster immediately. I, I noticed that they're, they're a little thin behind Jack Flaherty, but I know you were talking about in our crossover, you're, you're kind of high on some of these younger guys. Um, it sounds like you, you think there's some good potential in that rotation. Yeah, absolutely. I think that, like I said, they, they, they didn't make any top 10 list and they're not going to have any probably Cy Young candidates, but they just have a lot of guys that go out and get the job done. And they have a lot of guys that, that do it quietly. They, they, they don't have a lot of big personalities on this team and on, on the pitching staff. And if Flaherty's is going to do what he's capable of doing and you get guys like Miles Michaelis, KK Kim, Wainwright pitched to a below four ERA, the bullpen to me is the most exciting part, to be honest with you, Sean, just because you've got yeah. uh, Jordan Hicks, Alex Reyes, Tennessee Cabrera, Giovanna Gallegos, they just have electric stuff, sliders, curveballs, and electric fastballs galore. So I, I'm very high on this pitching and I'm very open about that. Um, but yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong. The Cubs didn't add too much to their bullpen. They're already weak bullpen, did they, in the offseason? They didn't. And uh, the, the group got a lot better as the season went on. I mean, like, they did put on – like, Brandon Workman got added on, um, and they did put in uh, Andrew Shafin, uh, it, he or Shafin. He was a guy they picked up, at, like, midway through last season. He'll probably be their main lefty reliever. Um, but no one, like, really super jaw-dropping. Like, Dan Winkler's going to be back. They didn't sign Jeremy Jeffress. Um, but Kimbrell's, for the moment right now, their closer. And he he did kind of pull together towards the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, that, that bullpen – I like I'm, I'm a lot more confident than I was going into last season. And I think their pitching coach, Tommy Hodovy knows what to look for with the staff, but there'll probably be definitely an adjustment period the first couple months of the season. Cause I, I think the guys we see in that group might be different, but it's going to be weird still. Yeah. yeah what, what about um, offense? Pay- I mean, we, we talked the entire off season about the offense possibly changing and then <laughs> yeah. we, we come here in, in March and Bryant and Rizzo are still on, on the team. Yeah, this is a weird team, man. I like, I, I really like, I've been like clutching my pearls waiting for like the day they announced that uh, Chris Bryant's been traded. And I about lost it on, uh, there's a Cubs blog called Cubs Insider, uh, who's awesome. They've been a sponsor of our show, but Evan Altman wrote an article that said something about the Cubs have traded Bryant and then in parentheses, not that Bryant. Yeah. Um, and I about, I about flipped my computer. I was like, what? <laughs> no, I haven't seen anything. This headline's five hours old. Like what? Yeah. He hasn't been traded. So um, yeah, it, it didn't happen. And I'm, I'm glad it didn't. I, I think there's a lot of potential with this team. And I think there's a lot 
to be said. You know, everyone talks about a walk year for some of these guys and for, you know, Rizzo, Bryant, Baez. It is essentially a walk year. Um, I would assume extensions get done. I know I mentioned on the on the, the crossover pod that I, I did think a Chris Bryant extension is de- definitely realistic. I think that could happen. We'll have to see. I think if there's a guy that's going to probably extend, it's Javier Baez. But right. in terms of what you're expecting from this group offensively, if the guys just come back to career norms, um, this offense is pretty good. Uh, even without it, someone necessarily blowing up and being fantastic or having an MVP season, if these guys just hit like they're supposed to, um, it should be still a pretty good offense. And their defense is kind of catered to this pitching staff that does not have that high velocity, a lot of low ground ball sinker pitchers, guys that locate well. And their middle infield and quarter infield now pretty solid. And the right. outfield itself, obviously Jason Hayward's very great in right field. Center field, Ian Hap's okay. He's a little better. Jack Peterson has an arm, but you know he could eventually turned into a platoon guy defense is a concern but i think in terms of offense just if your core four guys return to what they're supposed to be ian happen and jason hayward hit like they had for a little bit last year and you get maybe a surprise from a guy like a nico horner or like maybe jack peterson figures things out with the cubs this mm-hmm. offense could be pretty good yeah i definitely think that especially in the last two years more so 2019 but you just saw the, these names of bryant rizzo schwarber at the mm-hmm. time baez of just the, these names not hitting and it, it it came as a shock, and I was like conversation with my grandfather for like the entire summer. It's like, why are the Cubs not winning baseball games? Because on paper, that <laughs> team should be really good, you know, in 2019, right? And, and and I think that was their first time not making the playoffs since pre World since 2015, I think, if, if my membership mm-hmm. is correct. So I definitely, you know, I'm trying to like, um. <laughs> to not be too scared of the Cubs. Cause like, I don't want to be scared of the Cubs, but at the same time, they, they still have the names on that team to, to be a threat. And then, you know, you, right. you, they can't be dismissed this early on yet. Definitely. And I, I think like one of the biggest issues the Cubs have had is they've all just kind of been really streaky on that offensive end. Even like the year that Javi Baez was an MVP runner up, his like best stats really just came at the end of July and into August. He mashed baseballs. I think he hit like 15 home runs in like a six week period. Right. Um, he was just insanely hot for a long time. And, you know, his bat speed and just like it, when he's feeling it and throwing his bat through the zone, like he does, he can like go the other way 400 feet. Like it doesn't make any sense. So like, right. <laughs> like insane things like that happen, but then you see what happened in 2020 when Javi doesn't have a good start. These guys start pressing and suddenly Javier Baez is just straight guessing at the right. plate for the final three weeks. So like a lot of these guys just never really cohesively like do it together. It feels like it's one guy or two guys kind of hitting the rest of the guys are timely hitting and chipping in. It doesn't feel like they have a bunch of superstars sometimes. So it's super frustrating when you look at this lineup or you play like MLB the show and the Cubs have like the best offense in that game. And you're just (laughs) like, what the heck? Like, this is stupid. (laughs) Yeah. I pre-ordered the show yesterday, by the way, though. I remember one of the, we we talked and I got the Jackie Robinson edition. I spent an extra dollars just to avoid that. I did too. (laughs) I got Jackie Robinson too. So I I feel you, but, um, I know we were talking about wanting to do a, like a positional, a positional breakdown here. Um, mm-hmm. Did you want to start on that or did you have any other questions before we moved over? No, I think that we, think we covered, I think let's go position by position and I'm going to start catcher because I know in high school, this is more of a hot button topic for me and for, for me, high school is like sure. three years ago. So not, not terribly long, Okay, but my, my friends and I, Nine. We're, we're, <laughs> we would always debate of like Contreras or Yachty. Like whenever Contreras was being brought mm. up and he was first on the scene and I was always like I'm gonna take Yachty like overall but at the time like if I'm starting a franchise it's Contreras 
Sure. I'm not here to say Molina is better than Contreras in 2021. I'm not that biased. I, I, I get that. I get that Molina's <laughs> sure. 38, 39. And I love Yadi. I've watched Yadi for 15 years, right? But I do think that Molina brings a lot of intangibles to the plate that, you know, and you might, might have more so to what Contreras brings than Contreras. Just with Molina's, you know, develop of um, – develop of a relationship with his pitching staff, both in the bullpen right. and on the mound. Guys like Carlos Martinez has learned a lot from Yachty, Jack Flaherty as well. Um, Definitely. Offensively, it's a huge question mark. Uh, I'm not going to lie. Just, just because mm. he's 38 years old, 39 years old. Um, and again, I, I think we talked about this on one of our individual crossovers. If you were to t- just to look at Molina's stats with a blind draw, he's not worth $9 million. He, he's just not. And that's what the Cardinals signed him sure. to in the offseason. Um but I think if, if Molina can play like barely below league average or league average on offense, keep his defense where it's at and continue to, to mentor these pitchers, then I'm okay with that one-year deal. And I just think that he, he wanted one non-2020 year. And that's what, that was why a big reason of why he wanted this contract um, just to finish out on, on a somewhat normal year. But if, if, I'm, if I'm drafting one of these two guys right now, I'm going to pick Contreras. I don't think there's a question. Right. I get exactly what you're saying. He's a, I mean, Yadier Molina does not have any more value with any other club besides the Cardinals. Um, right. So like for him, I, I could see what they would say. He's a, maybe not invaluable piece, but a, a, a crucial part of what happens there. Um, especially like, you know, you could get a better catcher in there, but those relationships that you develop, like that's one of the bigger reasons Jake Arrieta came back with the Cubs. Like he, right. he liked working with Contreras and he, he's made a comment saying, I think last week that he thinks it's Jake Bilobuto and Wilson Contreras is one and two the best catchers in baseball conveniently the two catchers that have caught uh, Jake Arietta. so <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, not not necessarily saying too much there but um yeah I, I agree with that sentiment I, I think for the Cardinals there you're not going to find a better catcher for their system than Yadier no. Molina and you're not going to find a better mentor than Yadier Molina for the catchers coming behind them he's even Kinsler is a pretty good guy I know there's a younger guy behind him they're really high on too mm-hmm. um but I, I would say the same thing. If I'm starting a club and I'm looking at a catcher or a piece to build around, Wilson Contreras is probably on that list, whether or not I'm looking for a catcher or not, just because of his offensive potential along with how strong he is behind the plate. Yeah, and I, I just think that especially with your team, the Cubs team of his, him and Baez on throwdowns, it's just electric to watch just because yes. it, with, with Baez's tagging abilities and Contreras's cannon, I, I just love watching it. It's nonsense, man. There's so much fun. And uh, I have to give Wilson credit. He really did improve his framing. He was like one of the worst framers in baseball. In the last couple of years, he's gotten himself to about league average a little higher. That's a ton of work. Like, good for that guy. It's something he shouldn't have had to do do because he's so freaking good. But because he was in so many trade rumors, he's like, screw it. I'm going to get better at this. And he did. So kudos, Wilson. Yeah. So let's go to first base. And I feel like mm. you've had the better first baseman for a long time. What, what's, <laughs> yeah. what's Rizzo looking like in 2020? Cause it's a competition now. It really is. I think on both corners, but we'll start with Rizzo. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I, I felt the same way when we had Derek Lee, you guys had Albert Pujols for the longest yeah. time. It was just a bummer. It's like, no matter how good Derek Lee was, like he's not Albert Pujols. It's like, <laughs> it's not going to happen. Um, right. But Paul Goldschmidt and, and, and Anthony Rizzo, two very good, strong first basemen. I'd say Rizzo um, last year, he, he lost a lot of weight um, and that was a big deal. He was a lot. I kept hearing people describe him as felt. Um, but which is weird. Um, yeah. but he, he looks good. He always has these back issues to start the season. He always kind of has a slow start, but he figures things out. He always grinds through this. Um, I mean, he seems like he's in really good shape. He seems like he's in a great spot. His dog, Kevin Rizzo was on the field with him last couple days, um, a good playing with him or whatnot. <laughs> yeah. It seems like he's in a good spirits. Um, 
I'm sure he's pushing to get that extension and I'm mm-hmm. sure he wants to have those conversations because they kind of got shut down on him. But if this is a contract year, a walk year for Anthony Rizzo and he feels like the Cubs aren't giving him that maybe, you know, respect he probably deserves as a guy who wants to be there. Uh, Anthony Rizzo is a guy who would not want to piss off. Like he is yeah. a dude that when he gets locked in, when he's motivated, he can go get it and make things happen. Um, in terms of comparing him to Paul Goldschmidt, weirdly probably a really similar comp um just he hits from the right side i think it's maybe a little more of a power hitter um and i'd probably say i had to bet who has the better season it's probably paul goldschmidt everyone's gonna be worried about pitching to nolan arenado what happens when goldschmidt steps up to the plate so if i say someone's in a really good spot to have a great season it's probably goldschmidt but i think anthony rizzo's in a spot too where he might put up some big numbers especially he's going into his 30 age 32 season he does hit free agency. He's never gotten a big deal from the Cubs. I think his extension was like forty-seven million. Yeah, that's what I that's underpaid. What I was. Yeah, pretty underpaid for a guy like that. So I don't know. What are you thinking about Goldschmidt? Yeah, his first year, him his average took a hit in terms of his career norms. And again, it is what it is. But he still hit thirty-four home runs. I think that was the first yeah. thirty home run guy the Cardinals had had since Matt Holiday, if I remember correctly, in like you know You're seven right. eight years ago yeah. at that point. But um, he hit for a lot of better average last year. The home run, obviously, the numbers didn't match up, but the the, the rate of the home <laughs> runs wasn't there uh, at the same right. time. He only think he hit six or seven, maybe. Um, but Goldschmidt is a guy that I think as he kind of settles into this new contract. Um, I think this is his second year, first year of that new contract he signed. I forget when the extension started um, right. his off season, but I think that this is a guy that that's kind of settled into to the Cardinal way now and kind of settled into this lineup. And with the protection, like you mentioned of Arenado, that makes Goldschmidt that much better as well, which is hard to imagine. Right. But yeah. his defense has never been a question. The metrics aren't great for him, but he's got three gold gloves. I don't always, I don't pretend to understand the defensive metrics. I just don't, <laughs> I know that Paul Goldschmidt, <laughs> picks a lot of balls out of the dirt, makes a lot of diving plays. That's what I know. But I think that Goldschmidt yeah. is primed to have a good good season, especially with the extra protection um, of Arnado. When we talk about defense, one of the big losses for the Cardinals was Colton Wong, as we get the smooth transition into second base, like how I did that. Uh, so the replacement, <laughs> that <was good>. for, <laughs> the replacement for Wong right now, it's looks like it's going to be Tommy Edmond at second base. He's been a super utility guy over the years. I think he's played everywhere except for first center and pitcher catcher. Like that's the only three, mm-hmm. four spots he hasn't <laughs> played in. Um, I think he's like a prototypical line drive gap to gap hitter. He's not going to hit many home runs. Um, he took a step back in 2020. Um, I feel like as most superstars did for the most part, if you look across the league, um, but I think that he, he's going to turn back into that 280, 290 hitter that he was in, in 2019. And, he, he's going to give you league average defense. And I think he, he's not going to be Colton Wong on the defensive side of things. Nobody is. But um, I think Tommy Edmond is a comparable bat right now to Colton Wong at, at Colton Wong's age. And I might be wrong on that, but that's my thoughts. And there's a competition slightly brewing between Matt Carpenter and Tommy Edmond at second base because mm. Carpenter doesn't want to be a bench player, which is understandable who does. But right. Carpenter's going to have to hit lights out this spring and Edmond's going to have to not hit at all for that to happen, in my opinion. But yeah. Second base is going to take a step back from 2020 because I like Wong better than Edmond, but I still think Edmond's sure. going to do fine at second base. Is Horner the guy at second for, for the Cubs? I think so. I, I think he's probably the the default guy for the moment. They don't really have anyone that would really supplant him at the moment. Uh, but, you know, like Jason Kipnis was on the team last year. Daniel Lascalso was another guy they picked up as that lefty utility guy that that never played. Um, but um, 
yeah, they didn't really bring any competition. It sounds like Ildemaro Vargas is going to like their utility kind of guy. Will play backup shortstop if necessary, or second base, third base. He's a switch hitter. He's the only guy that would maybe threaten to maybe take some at bats away from Horner. But I know the Cubs are high on him. He put on maybe like thirty pounds of muscle. He looks real. He really worked out this offseason. I'm excited to see what Horner has at second. He's a really high contact guy, um, a guy that I think he makes adjustments really quick at the plate. And that's one of the bigger reasons why he got called up so early. Mm-hmm. He was that first call up from the 2019 class. And that was a big deal and had more to do with injuries. But I mean, he, he hit in that like 60 game cup of coffee he had towards the end of that 2019 season. It didn't really translate this year or last year. He was kind of getting picked apart by defensive or by pitchers and he was chasing certain pitches, getting really aggressive. It feels like when he's working counts and really just trying to be that contact hitter is when Nico's at his best. Mm-hmm. He's going to get a shot to really play this year. Cause last year, the Cubs were right in the thick of a playoff conversation the moment they stepped in and they couldn't really allow those guys to work through those issues. So I'm excited to see what he does at second, but beyond him, there's really not any competition there. Um, you would have thought the Cubs would have brought some competition in. Like I thought Juxton Profer would have been a fun guy to put on this roster, yeah. but that, that just didn't happen. Yeah, instead, like everybody else in the offseason, he went to San Diego. <laughs> yeah, seriously, gosh. Yeah. I thought we might get Colton Wong for a sec, too, but he's yeah. with the Brewers now, so man, what can he do? More coming up from Sean and I in just a moment. But first, let me tell you about the wonderful people at betonline.ag. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. And baseball betting is around the corner. They've got futures out right now, as well as prop bets. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. You get real updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for the news, sports, scores, and odds that you need to know. It's the best way to place your bets, and best of all, it's free to sign up. Head over to the website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That promo code there is locked on. So that means if you give $100 or deposit $100 and then you put in that promo code, you get $50 free from BetOnline. Sounds like a pretty good deal to me. Locked on is that promo code BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Be sure to tune in to Locked On Fantasy Baseball. It's a daily fantasy baseball podcast hosted by veteran fantasy analyst Scott Cullen, who uses data and nearly two decades of fantasy baseball experience to offer the strategies and waiver wire pickups that lead to league wins. Season-long fantasy, dynasty leagues, DFS, Locked On Fantasy Baseball covers it all. Subscribe to Locked On Fantasy Baseball wherever you get your podcasts. So, uh, shortstop? Yeah, so shortstop. <laughs> or do you want to go to third? No, we'll, we'll go short. I, I think you've got the winner at short here as well, as much as I like Paul DeYoung. Yeah. But, I mean, w- what can't you say about Baez? I mean. Oh, my gosh. Like, the guy's so much fun. Yeah, he's, he's just got to be a fun guy. I'm hoping that he um, – the one of your things I saw last year, despite him looking just like absolute terribleness at the plate sometimes, um, he was weirdly very selective at certain pitches. And I saw some patience from Javi that I, I'd never really seen before. Um, mm. There were times where it still looked like he was guessing at the plate and he still wasn't making the contact that he normally had last year, but there was patience there. There was a, a completely different approach to the plate at different parts, especially early on in that season. He kind of abandoned that towards the end. Cause he just knew he had to, the Cubs couldn't score. He had to swing really hard and make things happen, but right. 
I was impressed with that. So I, I'm interested to see if that's an approach he keeps throughout 2021, or if that was something he ditched at the beginning of 2020 it was like, this is causing more problems than it's solving. So that's my one big thing. If Baez adds patience to the play, I mean, like, you know, everyone always says, if this guy can stop swinging at balls, you know, he'll be a superstar. Yeah, that's right. everyone. But if Javi <laughs> Baez could stop swinging at sliders in the dirt on, you know, an O2 count, he could really make a big difference in his approach. But I like Paul DeYoung for what it's worth. I think it sucks oh. that he's getting compared to a Javi Baez. It's very like Derek or Derek Lee to Albert Pujols type of conversation. But I like Paul DeYoung. He's a good player and he fits yeah. well in this Cardinals team. Oh, I definitely think he fits well a lot. And one thing that, because I think he came up as a third baseman and then had to shift over because at the time Carpenter was at third and took him a little while defensively to kind of get his feet wet and to uh, just kind of get the, get the mojo going at shortstop, but he's made significant sure. strides. I don't know if he's ever going to be a gold glover, but he, he's not going to, he's not going to hurt you at shortstop. Like he, like he would have in mm. 2018 really, to be honest. But the big thing with the young, now that he's gotten his defense better is consistency because I didn't pull, pull the stats, but whenever he, he came back because, you know, we had COVID for everybody. Cardinals came back for a short time and then they had COVID and he was one of the players that got it. So he had an extra long layoff. He hit like 300 or hit three or four home runs in the first, you know, 10 or so odd games back. And then in September, he hit like a hundred, like below 200. Again, I forget the stats on what the, the, the splits were, but it's all about consistency. Mm-hmm. He'll go through these stretches of just mashing baseballs and look like he's unstoppable. And then it'll look like he's swinging a, a toothpick, swinging at a golf ball. I mean, it, it's just sometimes he'll go through these stretches of just not being able to hit. I don't really know what it is of just not being able to lay off breaking balls. And sometimes he gets overpowered up on the zone. But if DeYoung can find some consistency and, and keep that defense at shortstop, he could be a really good addition to this team. You know, he, he could be a, a solid number five hitter but behind Arenado, who's going to hit cleanup is what it's looking like right now. And, you know, if, if I always say, if you and the, the Cardinals team, if you have both Pauls going and Goldschmidt and DeYoung, <laughs> then you're going to be set because that, that's two of the guys that you're going to rely on for power. And DeYoung mm-hmm. definitely has that power at the shortstop position. So I think that um, yeah. if DeYoung can remain consistent, that's a big plus for this team. Definitely. Yeah. I think, I think his bat is, is crucial. Um, especially like when you were looking at the team last year without Paul DeYoung and it's like Brad Miller's your cleanup hitter at certain points. It's like, man, if Paul DeYoung is just in this line at this team is immediately scarier and he's right. not necessarily a superstar, just need that pop. Cause the Cardinals have plenty of those guys like Tommy Edmond, who maybe isn't like a superstar or even like an elite like hitter, but he's an elite annoying pesky hitter. And he's really good at keeping counts going higher, making those pitch counts go. And then the guy behind him now suddenly has a pitcher that just threw 17 pitches in this at bat because Tommy Edmund fouled off 13 foul balls. So right. like that's a huge asset. And all you need is a guy like a Paul DeYoung to come in and drive that mistake curveball out of the park. So it's yeah, a big absolutely. difference. Yeah. And just like our first base conversation, third base is, is also a, a <laughs> battle of, of giants. Really, I mean, yes, Bryant had a couple of down years, but I, I do think mm-hmm. that this is really close. Um, you know, as, as excited as I was, and I know Jeff Carr talked about Eugenio Suarez at third base on our crossover, <laughs> but I, I do think that Brian and Arenado have the shot of being the top two third baseman in the, in the, the division. Um, and it's interesting too, just because of how good Arenado is defensively, even if he does take a small step back offensively um, from his career norms, that defense, I think, elevates him above Bryant. And not that Bryant's a terrible defender, but Nolan Arenado is Nolan Arenado. You know, eight straight gold gloves, a couple platinum gloves there. Um, in right. terms of what he does to this team, I, you know, I feel like I'm beating a dead horse. He he just makes the lineup <laughs> that much that much longer. You know, it, it, mm-hmm. it's hard to it's hard to pitch to a lineup when you have three or four guys that you say they can't beat me. Well, at some point, right. one of those three or four guys are going to beat you. You know, and and Arenado 
gives the Cardinals that threat. And it's and it's a second bat behind Goldschmidt that they've been wanting for a couple of years. They had Ozuna in 18 and 19, but he wasn't a great fit. He, he didn't do terrible. He gets a bad rap. He didn't do awful. He did what, mm. you know, he was able to hit some home runs, driving some RBIs. But now with, with Nolan Arenado, he's a little bit more proven than, than uh, Ozuna. And I can't wait to watch him at third base with Goldschmidt across the diamond. Um, and I think, you know, whether the Cardinals are playing the Reds or the Cubs, there are going to be some fun third base conversations and some fun third base battles this year for sure. Definitely. Yeah. And I, I agree with you. I think Nolan Arenado is definitely the best third baseman in, in this division. He's probably the best third baseman in baseball. Um, yeah. It's tough to really beat him out right now. I mean, Manny Machado's in that conversation, maybe Chris Bryant probably in the lower end of that conversation, but um, you know, there's a, there's plenty of talent for third baseman, you know, Anthony Rendon, I think people forgot he's in LA and yeah. you know, <laughs> didn't really do much with the angels last year. Cause they weren't great, but you know, he's still really good. Um, so we've got, there's a lot of things I think you could talk about with between these two players, but I think when it comes down to it, Arenado is the stronger defender. He's probably got a little bit higher ceiling offensively. And I think he's just, what you said, like you basically upgraded a position that was going to provide probably nothing offensively for you at third base. You had some guys there like Matt Carpenter, if he's playing there, obviously pop, but struggling at the plate these last couple of years to stay consistent. You've got a couple of options there, but you I mean, you upgrade that position with like arguably the best guy in baseball. <laughs> That's insane. Um, I feel a similar, I felt the similar way until Arenado trade happened uh, with, with Jock, Jock Peterson, actually with the Cubs, because they want, and they DFA Schwarber. And then uh, obviously we're going to transition to this position in a sec, but DFA Schwarber, they bring Jock Peterson. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that was a big upgrade too there because it was basically like you had a replacement level player in like a Philip Irvin, maybe set the play there. You immediately upgraded that with Jock Peterson. So I, I think for the Cardinals, that's a huge pickup and, I mean, it's hard not to be excited for a guy like Nolan or not on your roster, but for Chris Bryan, I, I think this is a walk year for him. I, I think there's going to be real, I mean, motivation from him. If he feels like the Cubs aren't quite meeting him halfway in these conversations, like they haven't in the past, feels like it's not happening. Mm-hmm. He knows he needs to put up numbers and, and really go out there. And I think he will. And uh, I mean, I don't know. It's going to be, I, I hope at the very least for Rizzo and Bryant this year, if this is or last year, I hope it's a fun year. I just want yeah. to see some cool stuff happen between those guys. But um, yeah, Arenado easily edges out. <laughs> I think Bryant at third base right now. Yeah. And you mentioned the field. I think Schwarber going to the Washington, I think he's one of those guys going to benefit from a scene change. I think that that's underrated mm-hmm. when you're looking at talent and trades. Um, Josh Bell, I think is also one of those guys, but anyways, um, left field again, this is a, these are huge question marks for St. Louis right now. Um, partly because the starting lineup isn't super set. There aren't a lot of camp battles like there have been in years past. And I think that that's a sign of a really good team when you don't have a lot of camp battles for positions, but um, because of time, we'll, we'll, we'll just do general outfield uh, discussion. Um, but I think sure. that um, the Cubs might have the edge just because they've got a little bit more proven talent in, in Hayward. I know he's getting up there, but in Hayward and Hap, um, because Dylan Carlson is a question mark in his sophomore year. Harrison Bader mm-hmm. has turned things around and, and from what we, we've read on reports of spring training live BP in the, his first game, hit a double <laughs> off a right-handed pit or off <laughs> of, a, of a slider, which is an improvement. But, um, and Tyler O'Neill also got a hit on Sunday, but again, it, it is a huge what if, and it's hard for me to put these what if guys ahead of the Cubs who might have a little bit more proven. Yes. You have Peterson as a question mark, but if I'm the Cubs, I'm pretty comfortable with happen center field and very comfortable with Hayward, at least yeah. defensively in right field. 
Yeah, that's how I feel. And I, I think both Hayward and Hap have just kind of quietly improved their offense since uh, the end of 2018. Hap, obviously, he got sent down to the minors for pretty much all of 2019, came back towards the last month or so of the season and hit really well. And he continued that trend into the uh, into 2020. He was at one point like one of the best hitters in all of baseball. And he was mm-hmm. the top five in like baseball prospectuses, like bat vorp stat or something like that. It's basically war for, for baseball perspectives. But um, he was having a great season. And Jason Hayward, too, like has improved offensively every season, which at first was like not hard to do because um, <laughs> it was bad the first couple of years. But yeah. he's made some big strides. Like I, I, I looked at his 2019 numbers going into last season and I forgot like Hayward hit 25 home runs. Like I forgot right. he got near 30. Like that's insane. Um, good for Jason Hayward. He looked great last year too. He's kind of adopted a lot of a contact approach and has found some of his power stroke on certain pitches and it's great. He's figured out exactly who he needs to be for the Cubs. So yeah, super comfortable with those guys. Jack Peterson, I think has a chance to really become an everyday player. I know he's wanted to, and even though he was playing for the Dodgers, he didn't really have a real shot at being an everyday starter. We saw, I was reading an article from Fangraphs every year. He saw his plate plate appearance totals against left-handed pitchers drop to the point where I think he saw like 11 batters last year yeah. um, that were from the left side. Hopefully maybe he gets a shot to see every day. That could be potential, but I would say, I think our ceiling, the Cardinals probably have a higher ceiling on their, on their outfield. It's just like you said, whether or not those guys reach there, but Tyler O'Neill, Harrison Bader, those guys were both legit prospects at one point. Yeah. Dylan Carson is a legit prospect and, and could be a really, really good player. Yeah. Um, those guys all, I mean, high ceiling. If those, even if the, 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 the outfield for your guys just hits like a little bit of better than career norms. So those guys and Carlson breaks out, that's a really good outfield for, for you, for you guys, especially after, I mean, defensively, at least still, that's still kind of an upgrade. Tyler O'Neill kind of yeah. shaking. Right. But even like, I mean, Marcelo Zuna was a, a disaster out there and somehow won a gold glove at one point. Like, it's crazy to that think that, that guy, yeah. I can't believe it. Like he has a great arm, but like, how, what did this man, did he just catch every ball? Like he didn't do anything special. I can right. promise you, yeah. but yeah, I think there's a lot of potential that Cardinal outfield though. I think there's, there's some, there's room, the reason for optimism between those guys. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And you know, really if they not even career norms, if they hit league average, because they've been so really? far below yeah. average the last two years, <clears throat> excuse me, they've been so far below league average the last two years that if they hit league average, then that's a huge plus for St. Louis, especially a guy like Bader. Um, just because yeah. of, if he gets on base, he, he can feel second because he, he's just got that kind of speed pretty easily. He's so fast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he flies, man. Yeah. But... Where, where's Billy Hamilton? Is he still on the Cowboys? Where do you go? Do you know? No, he just signed with um... – Oh God, who did he sign with? I I, I saw he City? just signed with someone. I want to say I I don't was Kansas City one point. I want to say he signed with the Mets, but let me check. I, I think that's right. Yeah. Well, while, while you looked it up, we'll go ahead and transition in, into pitching. I know I talked a lot about it, a little bit about it at the top of the show, um, just how excited mm-hmm. I am. So I won't spend too much time. I'll let you get into yours, but I do think that you know I, I agree that there there is cause for you know a little bit of worry with, with the behind Jack Flaherty. You've got Wayne Wright in age thirty nine season. You've got Kim coming off as uh, it's a really good year, and we, we see a lot of times these Korean pitchers have really good first years and bad second years. Sung Won Oh, who's a name from three or four years ago, the Cardinals <laughs> suffered from yeah. that. Um, you've got Michaelis coming off an injury who's still being really slow in his work back. So we've got question marks, but again, I'm not going to spend too much time talking about my optimism just because it is that high. I, I really I look forward to, to, good, to good things um, because with all the question marks in the outfield – for me, there's not a lot of question marks at the, at the pitching because I, I just do think that they've, they've got a lot of guys that can get it done. But 
with the Cubs, you know, losing you Darvish, losing John Lester. I mean, obviously, you know, they got Jake Arrieta back, but what's the Cubs pitching like looking in, in terms of starting rotation in the bullpen? Yeah, the rotation's going to be a little different. Uh, obviously, no John Lester, no Jose Quintana, no Tyler Chatwood. Um, those two. Yeah, all those guys gone. Um, and obviously, John Lester, the big loss. But in terms of like the, what he, what you're losing, it's a similar to like Yadi or Molina. Um, he was kind of like just that 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 team captain, that 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 main veteran, the guy that he just he was like literally just like the exclamation point to the Cubs saying, "Hey, we're here and we're we're coming," and we just signed the best pitcher on the market mm-hmm. and. Um, so I think there was like a big sign, maybe like changing of the guard sort of feeling when he'd leave. But in terms of pitching, like I think Jake Arrieta maybe adds a higher ceiling. And it also gives the Cubs the chance to really actually see some of these younger pitchers they've had. They, they've had these young arms that they've kind of sort of like thought may could be good, but they're, they're not quite sure. And they never really had the opportunity to get these guys a shot because they had to beat out either Tyler Chatwood or, you know, whoever else was that fifth starter. And they gave Tyler Chatwood 12, 13 million per year. They're not going to let, you know, Corey Abbott with like the 42 innings in single A take his spot in that rotation, even though he might be pitching better. Um, so now they've got the opportunity to do that because you really just have your first two spots and Hendricks, I guess three, Hendricks, Arietta, and Davies. You've got two open spots. Edbert Alzale is the guy that I think has a real shot to, to make this rotation. Alec Mills is another option. He had the no hitter or, or I think the perfect game oh, actually, or no, no hitter, no hitter. He walked a couple guys. You're right. No hitter um, this year, which was great. And that was fun to see, but I, you know, he also got teed up a couple times by the Tigers and that's concerning. <laughs> so like there's mo- there's a lot of give and take here, but the Cubs do have some options pitching wise. Uh, Bradley Marquez, their top pitching prospect probably won't be up this year, but it's a guy they're excited about. Um, they picked up Shelby Miller for some reason. I think he hasn't pitched since 2019 when he did was oh, bad. I don't think he's been good throwback. since 20. Holy cow. Right. I don't wow, think he's he been was good, good since like twenty seven year and a half for St. Louis. He was good. Right. He went to Arizona, got hurt a bunch. He got yeah. a shot with the Rangers, I think, in 2019 and was bad and then got hurt again. He didn't yeah. play, pitch at all last year. That's so he's on a minor right. league deal. Yeah, he pitched. I think he pitched a little bit yesterday and did okay. So okay. he's a guy they're trying out. He's probably AAA depth, but um, mm-hmm. they've got some arms they're interested in. And they've got an opportunity to finally let these guys get that into that spot. Because regardless, even if you do go with a, a rotation up, they, they picked up Trevor. Williams the two from the Pirates so he's going to be in that rotation too so even if you do go like you know Hendricks Davies Arietta, Williams and Mills um, with like whoever is a swing man you're going to probably need three four more pitchers because one of those guys is going to get hurt one of those guys mm-hmm. is like Jake Arietta is going to need a break sometime or need a couple days so a six-man yeah. rotation is going to come into play they'll, they'll need all these guys and they'll have young guys they can try out so that's kind of where they're in this they're they're hoping this pitching turns out okay but they do have some options they can try it's not like they're proven but they've got young options yeah Shelby Miller's only 30 years old and that blew my mind because for whatever, for whatever reason I was looking him up the other day for God knows why, but he's only 30 years yeah. old. It's crazy. I know that I, I wrote an article for fan cited about him and I was like, man, I, I cannot believe like he should be 37. In right. my head and he, <laughs> yeah. I asked not, my friends. That's exactly like, what his guess was. Yeah. Is it crazy? Like Shelby Miller's only like a year and a half older than me. Like that seems crazy <laughs> to me. Just like, yeah. no, you're 40. Go away. Yeah. yeah. Right? You pitched but, like you've been pitching for 15 years. Just go away. Yeah. Right. Yeah, but, well, um, it's been a super, super long, super fun episode, but I want to get to close it out with 19 mm-hmm. games, assuming everything goes right with 162 <laughs> schedule. What's your prediction for the record in the 19 games against the Cardinals? 
I think it's gonna be ten and nine, nine yeah. and ten, somewhere around there. I, I think it might actually be a dead end split. I, I think uh, honestly, it could very well be which stadium ends up getting fans in the stand sooner. That can mm. really make the biggest difference. I think both ballparks, when you've got some fans, even just you know twenty five percent, the place starts rocking. Especially in Bush, uh, uh, you know, Bush Stadium is, is super fun to go to. Fans are always in the game. Same with Wrigley too. It's a little more of a party sometimes, but that obviously <laughs> won't be the case. Um, uh, with with social distancing or whatnot, but I um I think these are going to be tough clubs. I think honestly, the two biggest things that I, I think for both clubs is really do do, do the, does the offense continue to build off of what they did last year, improve off of what they did last year, and does this pitching staff have enough to keep to keep going to go the distance? I think those mm-hmm. are two real questions for both of us. I think offensively, you've got two bats for sure they're going to hit. I think Cubs, you've got four bats you're like please hit. Um, please hit. And then the rest can like hopefully figure it out, but both pitching staffs, I think, you know, you've got maybe one or two guys you're like, okay, yeah, clearly these guys are going to be great. Um, beyond that, you know, you, you, you see potential for greatness, but you're not sure. And Mm -hmm. I I think that'll kind of be the deciding factor between those two, those games who who's pitching better and whose offense really comes to play. I guess that's how every baseball goes. Go right. Yeah. I I don't really think think it'll be close because I feel like throughout the years, no matter who's good, um between the Cubs and the Cardinals those games are always close those it series are tough. always fun mm-hmm. um I, I don't I don't don't see that changing especially when both teams you know theoretically have a shot at the division this year obviously we, we talked the Cardinals right. might be the favorite but Cubs definitely don't be shouldn't be slept on but I, I agree with you I think 10 and 9 I think maybe if a team gets hot it could be 11 and 8 12 and 7 but right um, if we have another rugby field massacre maybe we'll see <laughs> like in 2019 but that's one of my favorite memories i know it might be painful first you. you craig kimbrell <laughs> two home runs on three pitches like what awesome. in the world i was at a oh. football game when that happened and i like saw the, the kimbrell was coming in i was like all right this game's over and i watched the football no. game a little bit and then i look and then the cardinals are leading i was like what the hell just happened <laughs> dude uh and that like weekend like had so much like you felt like the cubs were going to steal that momentum mm-hmm. like anthony rizzo's coming back after he rolled his ankle in the most nasty way it's like literally purple he steps up as a leadoff hitter hits a home run and we're just like what? so annoyed that what? Was so and then <laughs> and then they lose that game eight to seven after taking the lead back twice it's just like Kirk Kimbrell go stand on Waveland and feel sorry for yourself like don't ever <laughs> you step did the same thing two days again. before with Carpenter yeah I <laughs> just like it, it was just insane that I was like this team just wants to lose man there's no other reason for this but <laughs> Yeah, that was uh, that was insane. I'm sure that had to be super fun for you. I, I know if I were a Cardinal fan, that'd yeah. be awesome. For me, yeah. that's that and the 13 inning funeral in 2018 are pretty much like I'm like, yeah, this sucks. I don't want to ever do this again. <laughs> <laughs> we keep coming back for more because baseball is great, even though you know yeah. Cubs might have a little bit more torture in their lives than Cardinal fans do, but. There's definitely a fair share of both. We're glutton for punishment for sure. Yeah. yeah. It'll, it'll be a fun year though. I think, you know, again, Lord knows if we get 162 in or if the schedule right. changes and, but right now it's spring training. Every team is optimistic. This is honestly one of my favorite times of the year. Smiles. Every All team smiles, man. is like, yeah, we can win 90 games. Even the Marlins are like, yeah, yeah. we'll play 500. Yeah. That, that's a really realistic shot. Sure. When it's like, I no, know. Pittsburgh, you're not going to, you're going to lose hundred games. Yeah. <laughs> Deal with it. Yeah. Uh, sorry guys. Don't know what to tell you. Yeah. No, <laughs> yeah. it's always, it's always fun. People always the best shape of their lives. Conversations come out. We all hear oh, about yeah. this new pitcher doing this new pitch or this batter who's decided to change his approach and everything's fixed now. And it's like, mm-hmm. Oh, great. Cool. Yeah. This isn't going to work. It never does, but right. so. <laughs> yeah, Manager's but we, we eat it up every year. We eat yep. up every year. Every, yep. <laughs> we get content out of it. We talk about it. We get excited. We get right. tricked every year, but I do think 2021 is going to be a fun year for, for Cardinals and Cubs. 
I think so too. It'll be a fun time to see this series, especially two teams that should be right in the heat in the middle of this conversation for the division. It'll, it'll be fun to see these two teams go at it.